This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, my fellow Clock Dodgers? I have something I want to share with you. So you're staring at your weekly fantasy opponent and thinking to yourself, I would love to challenge just one of his players, not his entire team. But your fantasy sports service doesn't allow you to. Now you can on the all-new No Halftime app. The No Halftime app allows you to create individual challenges using players or teams. For example, you can put Steph Curry versus Russell Westbrook, Paul George versus LeBron James, or you can get all crazy like me and do DeMarcus Cousins versus John Wall. Creating a challenge takes seconds, and accepting challenges is even easier. No halftime challenges can be private or public and created for the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, college basketball, and other sports. Join today and get started. Real money and fantasy supremacy await you. Visit NoHalftime.com for more information and to download the No Halftime app for your iPhone. Receive a special Clock Dodgers bonus of $10 by entering the promo code CLOCK at sign up. No Halftime, where the fantasy sports season never takes a break. Okay, great. Episode 9 of the Clock Dodgers podcast is here. I can't believe it. It's going so fast. I actually have a guest with me today. Um, I want to welcome Adam from the Fantasy Life app. Uh, Most people know him as at AD87. He's the originator of the NBN chat or nothing but nonsense chat. Uh, So a big shout out to those guys. Welcome to the show, Adam. Hey, Neil. I appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So obviously fantasy life app, that's where, uh, you know, we know each other through. So this is going to be a a heavy fantasy football episode. We're not going to do much other sports topics unless they just come up kind of, but uh, we wanted to do fantasy heavy uh, podcast for everybody. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, For those who don't know, Adam has actually uh, started writing as well um, for, you know, articles for clock Dodgers and stuff as well to kind of you know, get that going. So we're going to discuss, I want to open up actually with an article that'll probably be up on the site later today after this episode, or maybe if you're already hearing this, it's already up there. Uh, it's a, uh, an article that Adam had wrote uh, about free agency and some of the players that you highlighted um, that you feel maybe are either under discussed or, you know, can make a big impact this upcoming season that, you know, kind of the different places they may land. Um, so, uh, two, two of the guys you mentioned in the article are actually, uh, running backs, uh, Lamar Miller and Alfred Morris. Um, I was kind of interested the way, um, you know, the way you discussed in the article, I think it's funny because they're two totally different running backs. So, you know, the destinations that you have, obviously you're, you're garnering that towards, you know, who do you think will be able to use them and why, uh, as a Raider fan, I seen you had Alfred Morris possibly as a, as a Raiders destination. And of course, 
I'd rather have Lamar Miller just because, you know, he's Lamar Miller. Um, what what went into that, though, that thinking of, you know, Alfred Morris on the Raiders and not Lamar Miller? Like, what, what played that? Well, for me, really, it, it, it's about um, the player that they already have with Latavius Murray. For whatever reason, and, you know, we're obviously not behind closed doors, but they they seem to, to, to change his usage up some inexplicably throughout the game. They, they say it was on pack for – based on the packages that they were running, but uh, just seems like there wasn't a trust factor there. And I, I from from the games I've seen, I, I like his ability to catch passes out of the backfield. I think he's pretty good as a, as a pass blocker. Um, but they really didn't have a, a you know, run it down your throat, kind of pound the ball running back. And that's pretty much what Alfred Morris is. He's not going to try and dance or make a miss or anything like that. And I, I think he would have been – he would actually uh, – be a nice, a nice complimentary back, I guess. Okay, so so I, I see what you're saying. So I mean, and again, obviously, I watched all the Raider games, so I know what you mean. You know, right. whether it was by the goal line or whether they were trying to run clock, it did seem that they would fade away from Murray, which obviously, you know, made made no sense to those watching because everybody has you know a lot of confidence in them, but it seemed like they didn't have the confidence in them. And 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 right. to be fair, he did make some big mistakes at, in certain games where it cost them, you yeah. know, uh, dropping balls, fumbling balls. Um, so it, it it did happen. And obviously, Morris is the opposite of that. <laughs> you know, he doesn't fumble the ball a lot. It's not something that you really, you know, you worry about. Plus. I have to assume you probably thought also Miller wants to be in a position where he's the starter, right? Where he's like the guy, where he's the man. Um, and yeah, with the Raiders, I, I don't mean, think he would steal that spot if he went to the Raiders. I think they still – obviously Murray's more entrenched in the system already, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like uh, Lamar Miller really wants to be – I mean, I've been doing lots of research, obviously, for the article, but um, he he's one of the top um, – for pro football focus player grades, he's one of the best blocking backs, one of the best catch, pass catching backs. I mean, he is he he grades really well. Uh, and I just from watching the tape, I mean, I, it's been beaten to death. I feel like how how underutilized he's been in Miami. But he yeah. really wants to you know be a true three down back, and I, I don't think that the Raiders would utilize him that way. Exactly. Yeah. He, yeah. I see what you're saying. And he definitely was one underutilized. He's super young. He's super explosive. Um, you know, yes. it's crazy to think that the Dolphins won't bring him back, but obviously their money doesn't allow them to. Um, and they have right. faith in Ajayi, it seems like, even though he's, you know, young too. The question I have about Morris, and I wanted to kind of get your viewpoint on it as well, is it, uh, it seems to me like the, the style that Morris runs that, you know, in between the uh, the tackle kind of guy. He's not really a pass catcher guy. Um, do you do you feel like there's an expiration date on that style of runner? And right now in the league, do you feel like right now that's they're kind of like fading away from that? Like I I almost get like you know in the NBA uh, with the with the recent surge in Steph Curry and the three point shot. A lot of people say oh the big man are fading away. You know guys like to run the court now, right. shoot threes. Um, and, and and it seems in the NFL a lot of guys are you know phasing towards or incorporating pass catcher running backs heavily um you know these elusive guys like Deion lewis and stuff um do you do you feel like a guy like alpha morris always will have a place in this league or do you feel like it's going to be one of those things where it swings one way and maybe comes back to a guy like him again at some other point in time but do you feel like he's being those kind of guys are phased out at all or like they have less value i i think they have in terms of fantasy they definitely have less value because especially if you're in the ppr league you're not going to get those catch those those catches from them but I think there's always going to be a place for somebody who's willing to just lower their pads and just run right into a bunch of guys that are 
you know, twice your size, basically. Uh, and that takes a, that takes a special player to do that. And I don't think that. I mean, there's a reason why certain backs don't play in that style. That's just not really how they're built. Uh, I do think it's going to wear them out a lot quicker. I mean, if you look at look at Alfred Morris's production since he became or since he's been in the league in 2012, you know, 1600 over 1600 yards. 2013, he dropped down to 12 or just under 1300. Uh, in 2014, he was just over a thousand yards, and last year, 751 yards. So, uh, it, I think he's kind of worn himself out a little bit. Uh, and also, you know, they they got Matt Jones there, so he kind of had some uh, kind of a backfield by committee. Right. Yeah. I mean, Alvin Morris can't be to blame for all of it. I mean, obviously. You know, the Redskins were kind of having a, you know, a weird situation with their offense, you know, kind of transitioning, it seems like, to Kirk Cousins and maybe Matt Jones. But And and Alfred Morris, we can't forget, he's still super young, too. It's not like, you know, we're talking about an old guy. You know what I mean? So, um, Oh, yeah, no. What is he? He's he's 27 years old. He's in the prime of his career. And I feel like uh, he would be, if he lands in the right spot, I think he's going to be a really effective back. And I think – flex at worst for him i mean given the especially this last year how bad the running back position was yeah i I definitely think him going somewhere else will um give him more value this year this upcoming season than he had last season because a lot of people have kind of lost faith in him so it'd be good for him to have a new place a new scenery uh it does bring me to guys like you have also in the article uh travis benjamin for the browns a wide receiver um so so here's Uh a guy who has flashed really he's never obviously been consistent right. and, and and of course we can't blame him completely for that because his quarterbacks also haven't been consistent uh but a guy right. with a, a skill set that most teams covet for a wide receiver you know fast blazer um seems to make big plays right. you know when they count uh and, and where do you have him going like just give me a place one, one of the destinations you feel probably strongest about in the article for him i really like him uh actually going to the Atlanta Falcons. I think that with Julio Jones, I mean, they didn't have a, a legitimate second receiving option. Roddy White kind of, he had a rough year, and obviously they released him for a reason. So Right, and they uh, had other guys I, fill that second I, wide receiver spot who were effective, right? I mean. Yeah, well, they're pretty excited about this this rookie, or well, not a rookie anymore, but uh, oh, what's his name? Justin Hardy, he's. He's apparently been working with Julio Jones, look at uh, studying film and uh, working really hard in the off season, and they're super excited about him. But uh, he's Travis Benjamin's the kind of guy that's going to—he's—he's he's a tough little guy. He's fast, he's shifty, so he's going to play more kind of out of the slot. And I don't—I don't know if that's necessarily where Justin Hardy's going to going to play. And I think he would—I mean, the more receiving receiving options Matty Ice has, the better for him. I think it, it would also obviously take some pressure off of Julio. So yeah, I, I think that would be a really good fit, and he's not afraid to take a hit, a couple shots, you know, yeah, right after yeah. catching some passes. I saw him get rocked a couple of times and just bounce right back up. I, I, I was really impressed by that, and I think that uh, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, sometimes players take a few years to 
to have that breakout year, and I think he's just going to keep on going. Yeah, and, and it's weird because like sometimes you want to see a guy leave like their current situation because you want to see like you feel like maybe right. they won't fully blossom where they're at. You know, I know I know the right. Browns are in a kind of a, a possibly an upswing here. Obviously, Josh Gordon may be coming back. They got a new head coach right. who's you know an offensive kind of guy. So if they do let him go, the the one place I liked in your article also was the Bucks. I think that's interesting. Um, you know, with Jameis Winston um obviously um mike evans so i think that's another interesting spot um i think anywhere he goes though he could be utilized he's not like a one system kind of or a specific system kind of guy i think you know any any offense right. could use a guy like him and obviously if he if he if he gets consistent with what we've seen he could be you know a, a big time guy um whether the browns let him walk though you know i don't i don't know um i'm sure i, I, I don't think the browns will honestly they've got a lot of cap space I I think they're basically just going to let him um, really just get some offers from other teams and then try and get him to to stay there. He, it seems like he wants to stay there from the research I was doing. Um, so I fully expect the Browns to to, to match match any offers and keep him. Uh, it, yeah. He would be a great fit there as well. With Josh and Gordon coming really back. Really nice. Him. Exactly. It, yeah, assuming Josh Gordon comes back. I don't think he's a true number one guy, though. I kind of talked about that a little bit in the article. I, I don't think he's that talented, you know, but he right. is a, a very talented run, or, or wide receiver, and he also brings a lot of value in the return game, too. Right. So. Yeah, he's a guy with a special skill set, and, and he's obviously a, an athletic guy, which which you have another guy in the article who's, who's really athletic and hasn't really had a chance um, to to display it totally, um, which is Ladarius Green, um, thanks to Antonio Gates, Hall, you know, future Hall of Famer Antonio Gates. Uh, Ladarius Green right. is the guy that you know the experts talk about. We talk about every single year. Like, is this his year? You know, is he this guy is super athletic? He could do so many things, and then we see a little bit of it, and then Antonio Gates. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, right. With him being a free agent again, it's always you always wonder if these teams are going to actually let these guys go. But it's always fun to play the game of will they let him go. So um, with him right. again, I don't think it's a system thing. I think anywhere he goes, you know, people are going to learn how to use his his ability. Obviously, um, right. do, do, you, do you think a guy like him gets paid a lot in this off season, or do you feel like he's going to come somewhere on a prove it deal? Or um, I, the, the the top tight ends it was something average cap space or cap hit or i guess the average salary would be about seven million a year for some of the top tight ends i think he's not going to quite get that much it just because he's not really he, he's shown a lot of potential but he's never really put it together consistently and a lot of that has to do with that offensive line was just brutal this year and philip rivers i mean sometimes he was getting hit basically right as the ball was he got the ball basically, and it was it was just a brutal year for him all the way around. Uh, but I think that, kind of like you mentioned, playing behind Antonio Gates, you're always going to be playing second fiddle with a guy like that. Uh, I think the Chargers really do want to keep him, though. I think they actually want to keep both both of their free agent tight ends, which is another uh, interesting, I guess, wrench in the, in this particular story. Um, and they've got plenty of cap space to do it, but he's just such. He, from the tape I've seen of him, he he looks. He's shown a, a lot of potential, and I think if he was really truly the featured tight end, he's he's really set up for a big year. Yeah, and and and, and that's kind of like the uh, 
you know, the, the, the monkey wrench and everything this offseason is everybody has cap space, right? Well, except the Dolphins, but <laughs> it seems like everyone has cap space. So it's like literally, you know, anybody can keep their guys. Anybody can go anywhere because anybody can afford them. It's like even, you know, you almost feel bad for the teams like the Raiders and the Browns. These guys have like, you know, a crazy amount of cap space. But are they really right. going to win guys, you know, with everybody having that cap space? So um, it's hard to kind of yeah. predict um, where guys will go because of that. Um, but the article, you, you right. know, is definitely an interesting article. I'm not going to, I don't want to go over the whole article because I do want um, right. people to check it out. It, it's a great article. Um, you know, you have another, I'm not going to say his name, but you have a wide receiver on there um, who obviously for his team, we also, you could probably say he was underutilized as well. Um, he's one of those, right. uh, you know, pos- he could be a good possession guy. You know, he's one of those guys that fight for the ball, um, but you guys are going to have right. to go check out the article um, to find out who that is and uh, where uh, Adam thinks he's going to go. Um, so again, man, you know, great article and everybody go check that out for sure. I don't put a lot of work into that one. So, uh, a lot of good insight yeah. on that. Um, now yeah. we, we did mention all day yesterday on it. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, now we did mention, uh, tight ends, Ladarius green and whatnot. Um, so it kind of brings us to another topic, which uh, we discussed a little bit before. Um, and I know you've done a bunch of research on it when we were discussing it. Um, so I want to talk about tight ends in general from a fantasy aspect um you know right. we we i i have mentioned previously that people say um gronk may not be the number one pass catching tight end anymore um guys like jordan reed have shown incredible ability in that you know in that in that uh in that um style just of just the catching part of right. it um now do you think gronk could actually be unseated like as a number one fantasy tight end or is that just people being ridiculous and caught in the moment type of thing it's certainly a possibility. I mean, it, obviously, if Grunt goes down with injury, then that that's going to obviously factor into it. I, there was also a lot of the the issue with Grunt this last year, and kind of what it made me initially uh, pitch talking about tight ends with you um, was really that he he just tailed off down down the stretch, and that had I think more to do with the fact that there's just nobody else no other receiving options available to take any pressure on there are times where you just get triple teamed. I mean, it's hard to do much of anything. I, I don't care how much of a beast you are. You're, it's hard to do anything when you got that much attention paying, just being paid just to you. Right. The yeah. other issue with Jordan Reed is that he's, can you really trust him? I think he would be the, the most likely to unseat Gronk as the top tight end. Um, Another guy with Down injury issues, you know? Yes, another guy with injury issues. Same thing with Eifert. Uh, the really surprising thing to me uh, with Eifert was that he he only had 615 yards, 13 touchdowns, though. So I, there's no way that could continue, at least for me. I don't think that's going to continue. Um, you, have, you have to and assume and the yards were, probably go up, but the touchdowns come down kind of thing? Uh, I I don't know. Kind of looking back through his career, he's he's usually right around that. Uh, let's see. Well, he he's only been he was behind Jermaine Gresham, so that it's kind of hard to really. Right. Well, I mean, do you feel like that, he has a a lower ceiling than Jordan Reed and and Gronk and stuff like that, or do you you know? Do, so I mean, do you feel like he can get to that level, or do you feel like he's kind of his ceiling is lower? I think the ceiling's a little bit lower on Eifert. I just. From the tape, the games I watched him, I just haven't been as impressed. And like I said, he was really touchdown dependent. Um, me personally, I like fantasy guys that are going to give you consistent performance. Someone you can rely on a little bit more, especially when you have 
only one of that particular player usually yeah at least i do only carry one yeah. tight end yeah for me uh, i still feel like you know gronk is the only guy that i i personally would feel you know really super confident drafting early although i i'm probably not that guy right. you know um but right. you know with so many guys like, like like these guys that we're discussing that have the ability to you know get their touchdowns every week or you know guy like Jordan Reed who could possibly get 100 yards for your game so it's hard you know to to pick Gronk so early like you said how he kind of tapered off towards the end hopefully the Patriots get him some help um there there is one guy who last year just kind of exploded onto the scene he's not a young pup so it was weird for it to happen this way and it it kind of seemed like every single week we were waiting for Gary Barnage to become nobody again (laughs) and every week he just kept performing you know so that's another guy who you know he's in that offense where again like we said there's so many changes happening to it but it's hard to not see them you know continuing this trend with him obviously at least if gordon comes back it's going to obviously be a game changer for barnage as well um so there's a lot of things happening with gary barnage where where do you think he's going to go this upcoming season? Not not necessarily what round, but in 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 this mix of top tight ends, do you do you think he's, you know, going to get the respect this time around, or are people still just going to be like, eh, you know? Uh, I think Barnage is for me personally. I, I kind of was able to go through and make a top ten tight ends, and I, I have him as number five overall next year. I think that there's a reason they paid him. He also spent uh, a lot of people forget that he spent four years in in Carolina behind Greg Olson. And that guy's not, not, a, not a slouch. So yeah, that's going to take a couple keep years to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he was, he was strangely enough utilized more so for his blocking ability, but he, he doesn't seem to be the best blocker from, yeah. <laughs> from what I remember seeing of him. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to actually keep going. I think that they found a really nice, uh, really nice player at, for, relatively cheap i guess all things considered uh and hugh jackson just came over and we saw what happened with eifert uh i think i mean me personally i think barnage is a little bit more talented than eifert is and he's Mm -hmm. a lot more durable that's for sure oh yeah that's Um, a question (laughs) so that that's another factor with it too and i kind of like with travis benjamin he he wasn't afraid to take a couple hits uh throughout the season so yeah absolutely uh, and one guy, I, I kind of – it's weird because I don't think – I think this guy's going to be a good value um, in drafts next year unless – I guess unless people get crazy on him again. But I think Jimmy Graham, you know, I mean, he can only get better, right? I mean, he can't get worse. And we obviously know what he is capable of doing. So he might be one of those guys who I'm willing to let fall if he falls, if, if people if the rest of the people in your draft are going to let him fall. And I would take him late, you know what I mean, and just roll the dice – and, you know, whether I make him a, um, a backup tight end flex kind of guy and see where he goes. But I feel like he's a guy that, you know, a lot of people are going to forget about in one season. Right. And with, with that team, with Russell Wilson and everything, I don't see how they can't get better. Do you know what I mean? Right. My only concern with him, it was this, if I'm not mistaken, it was the same injury that Victor Victor Cruz hasn't yet to come back from. Yeah, uh, so it that's, that's my only concern there. But Really, when you're draft, when you're down at that point, I mean, as far as the tight ends are concerned, from 2015, what was it? The top uh, six or seven tight ends broke over over 130 points, and then there's a pretty big gap down to 109 points. So Eifert had 135 points, and Travis Kelsey came in right after him at 109. And I mean, below as you keep going down the list, the 
the differences don't they, they get smaller and smaller. There's not much of as much of a drop off. So right. Yeah, I'd be willing to take a or roll the dice on someone like Jimmy Graham. He's an elite athlete. I, I think that always helps when you're trying to come back from an injury. Absolutely. So, I, so here's my thing. I know my style with tight ends is I don't I don't typically draft them early. Obviously, unless some crazy value is uh, you know going to fall in front of me, I, right. I typically will wait on those guys. Just just curious, uh, is that your style as well, or do, like if you could give me two guys, two tight ends that you're going to target? You know, I I know you do it. I, I do it. Everyone does it. There's guys that if it falls to us this way, we want those guys particularly just because we believe in them more right. or whatever. You know, um, who who are two guys right. that you are going to target that you? That, I mean, don't give away all your secrets now. We know people are listening, but <laughs> who, who who are guys that you're targeting? I, I personally, like I said, Jimmy Graham. I like the the flyer idea on him. Um, obviously, I'm not taking right. him and saying, you know, this is it, this is the guy, he's going to be bounce back time. But, you know, I would take a flyer on that guy. We all know guys like Gronk and stuff are going to go, you know, rather early. But is there any, like, sleeper right. that you're, you know, that you see creeping into the top ten or anybody that you're looking for, really? Uh, earplugs to all the people that I might be competing with. <laughs> but uh, Zach Miller, I'm looking at him in, in Chicago. Joe's been in, obviously, uh, recently news came out about him seeking a trade and the team's okay with that. So uh, I think he's going to become a huge part of that offense. He might be similar to, to Gary Barnage, actually. I didn't realize that Zach Miller was as old as he was, but uh, kind of come out of nowhere after not really being a, a really much of an asset in terms of fantasy. So right. uh, that I'd, I'd be looking at Zach Miller and, uh, there's also always the potential of Julius Thomas uh, figuring things out, I guess, in Jacksonville. Blake Bortles down there, he he's he's not the greatest actual football quarterback, but he is a pretty dang good uh, fantasy quarterback. So yeah. I, I'm interested to see what happens with, with Julius Thomas. Depending on where he goes, I'd be interested in taking a pretty late-round flyer on Yeah, call, call it Raider homerism, call it whatever you want, but Clive Warford, guys, don't, don't, don't say I didn't tell you. At the end of the season, <laughs> we're talking about Clive Warford as one of the top, you know, 10, 12 tight ends. I'm telling you, guys, super athletic, man. And, um, you know, the Raiders don't really have a guy like that that they, you know, that they go to yet. So um, I think yeah. he, I think he's going to fill was that actually, role. When I was actually looking at these rankings, I almost went to the top 30 uh, just because he fell right in at number 30. <laughs> just thinking of thinking of you being a Raiders fan. So. <laughs> well, watch out I had for to him. stop myself, though. Watch out for him, guys. Uh, I, <laughs> because I had Latavius Murray, I actually watched him, watched quite a bit of, of Raiders games, and I, I was actually pretty impressed with him. I, I definitely agree with you. I think he's another guy to, to definitely keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. He got, he's got potential. So um, that's it for the tight ends. I know uh, there's a long, long off season ahead of us, but we wanted to kind of get into that a little bit and start that process of uh, you know planning for next year. Because the guys who win, man, this is when they start. You know what I mean? It's not this. Uh, Wait, wait till a week before you draft and start making decisions. So, um, I I do want to kind of go into um, fantasy like the veterans um, and uh, kind of a boom or bust uh, potential of these guys. Um, like for instance, okay. um, I mean we can go at this all different ways. Um, I could I could throw names at you. You tell me what you think. Um, you know, and vice versa, or, or however you want to go at it, really. But there's just certain guys that you know, on my mind, I'm either really concerned about, or I really think, you know, the concern is just ridiculous on it. Um, one of the really? top names that you hear a lot going into next season now is going to be Larry Fitzgerald. Um, 
the the offense is changing a little bit. They got a lot of young wide receivers that are coming up. Uh, but it but it seems like Carson trusts him a lot when a certain uh when the, when the you know when it, when it's an important time. Um, but oh yeah, per- personally, I feel like if you're gonna draft him where his stats indicated him to be, then he's gonna be a bust. I don't I don't think he's gonna do what he did last season. Or dare I say, even close to that. But I think he could still be effective for you. You know, whether it's a second or third wide receivers on bye weeks and things like that. Um, but I really don't, for some reason, right. have faith in him um, to do what he did last season. And I don't, I don't know what it is exactly. But um, for me, if you're gonna draft him high, it's a bust. Um, but if you're gonna let him fall to you, you know, in, in, in a fair place, I think it's okay. What, how do you feel about Larry Fitzgerald as far as that boomer bust, you know, chance goes? I, I, I kind of agree with you. Uh, any of the Cardinals wide receivers, honestly, there's just so much depth on that team at the wide receiver position. And Carson Palmer likes to throw the ball to all of them. So you never really can rely on any of them. If if what Larry Fitzgerald or John Brown or, or Michael Floyd wind up falling to me, you know, later around and they're my third or fourth wide receiving option, then absolutely I'll take them. But I agree with you. For where he's probably going to be drafted, I don't necessarily think that it's going to give you the return on that value. Right, so, and, and along those I'm, same lines, are you a John Brown guy or a Michael Floyd guy next year? Uh, I'm John Brown. I'm John Brown all the way. But I know they're both super talented, and they both could fill even the one and two spots. Yeah. But I'm kind of John Brown, over you know, overall. Yeah, I think I prefer John Brown slightly over uh, over Floyd, but it, it's. For me, I guess I just. Are you going to stay away whole, from the Cardinal wide receivers? Yeah, just because there's. I think they're all going to have their huge games, but you're never going to be able to predict when they are. Right. So right. I, that's my big concern with them. Right. Um, how, 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 about a, how about a guy? A guy like uh, we, we we mentioned him earlier, Antonio Gates. Do you feel like he's going to start decline here, or um, if, if if the Chargers do resign uh, Green, maybe start phasing him in? You know, do you feel he's boom or bust? I feel like Antonio Gates is going to be a bust. He's going to be drafted probably really high, partially because of name value. He's been a, a really good tight end for such a long time, but uh, sooner or later that the, the wheels fall off for everybody. I mean, not to really try and compare, draw a comparison to Peyton, but look at what happened to Peyton this year. Yeah. Uh, and he's an older guy. I think he's going to be 36 by the time the season rolls around. So, it's very possible that the Chargers actually try and bring them, both those guys back and have them flip the roles. Um, and I just I don't want anything to do with Antonio yeah. Gates this year. Yeah, I hear you on that. <laughs> and, and you mentioned Peyton Manning, which is interesting to me because I, I I wanted to throw Tom Brady into this conversation. Um, okay. For, for, for me, he he's a boom until I see him turn into Peyton Manning before my eyes. You know what I mean? Until I start seeing him throwing these ducks <laughs> and everything, I cannot – put the bus label on Brady. Um, no. You know, I can't do it. No, that, that offense runs through Gronk, but it's, it doesn't go without Brady. And I, I, I just, he's, they, they do a lot of the shorter passing kind of like an extension of the running game kind of plays. And they re- so though, that's really good for, you know, if you got Deion Lewis catching it out, on a little screen pass or something like that, and he runs for 50 yards. Yeah, that, I mean that's just more value for Tom Brady, and I think he's everyone kind of forgets about him. You know, it, during drafts you're you're thinking about guys like Aaron Rodgers and probably Andrew Luck. I don't know if anybody else felt 
subject to that like I did this year. Um, <laughs> you were not the but, only one. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like people kind of forget about Tom Brady, and I just – he helped me win a championship one year, and I, I – every time – look at what happened. I guess it was 2014 when they, they lost to the Chiefs on Monday Night Football, and then after that they just went on a tear and uh, wound up winning the Super Bowl, so – Exactly. So nobody called Tom Brady a boom, a bust. You guys hear me? Nobody. He's earned that right. No way. <laughs> um, yeah. a- any guys that you're thinking about that kind of worry you or that you have total confidence in, even though they're older, you know, you don't worry yourself with them, whether you feel like, man, this guy's going to start to really tank it here. Right. Uh, kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. I, I, I think Eifert's going to be drafted really high and he's going to definitely not return that value. Right. Um, uh, we kind of also talked about Carson Palmer a little bit. I think he's actually in the line for a huge season. Uh, this last year was actually his best season in quite some time. Uh, he threw 35 touchdowns and only 11 interceptions in the regular season uh, for 4,671 yards. So um, not a bad I mean, season. Obviously, his past, he's done well, and then he had injuries and kind of a little flux there. But dare we say he's right. elite if he continues the role he's on right now? Ooh, I don't know if I would go with elite because part of being elite is the ability to have a huge game. And if you look at his numbers, he's, I think his biggest game last season was 26 points or something like that. And that would be a, like a 10 team standard scoring. But but is, um, is, is he a victim of the offense being so good though? You know, a lot of times they got huge leads on teams and then they obviously scaled it back. Right. You know, is that, is he kind of a victim of that right. fantasy wise? Yeah, honestly, that, that is, part of it too and that they have a really good defense so couple that with the fact that they're usually up on people and then, and if they really believe in David Johnson as much as they say they do then I, I fully expect them to, to hand the rock to him as much as possible especially if they've got a big lead and protect Carson Palmer as, as much as they can right absolutely um how how about these two names I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you they were actually bust last season but they're changing teams likely this year. I mean, I mean, obviously they have to change teams at this point. They have no other choice. But is there any chance that on the two names I throw at you, um, bear in mind I'm only talking about if you take them as like a late round flyer or you know middle, not even middle, but yeah, late okay. round probably. Would do you, do you see any boom potential at all in that value in that spot for Roddy White or Marcus Colston? Any chance at all? Ooh. Uh, if either one of them winds up in New England, I I could see that happening. Uh, that seems like a move Belichick would be likely to pull. Grab one of these guys that their longtime teams decide, oh, we don't want you anymore, and then you know, all of a sudden up there they play up there in New England and they have a career year almost. So yeah, I could see that happening uh, for either one of those guys. Yeah, because I mean their offenses last year literally phased them out, like. You didn't know right. they even existed on the roster anymore. The way um, their teams treated them, so that, you know, and and, and you got to assume whoever signs them is going to get a guy with a fire lit under him. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it's an interesting right. thing. You know, you either take a flyer on one of those rookies or young guys who you have potential in, or you take a flyer on a guy like you know Roddy White, who who's proved he can do it before, but you know was basically phased out of an offense last season. Um, right. You know. Well, and part, with Roddy White, I'm I'm kind of curious as to how much Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in in Houston for a couple of years, and that's when Andre Johnson was in his prime, and 
the secondary receiver part of it, I, I think, was that the Texans never really had a, a great secondary receiving option until right. Hopkins came along. Um, but it, that offense tends to really favor one main wide wide receiving target. Uh, they really like the tight ends as well. So uh, I think that played into Roddy White uh, being phased out of the offense as well. That plus, I think, uh, that, you know, they, they just thought he was done, honestly. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Any other guys that you have on the top of your head that you think that could, you know, go one way or the uh, other? Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm actually really interested in Duke Johnson. Um, I think he is – He's got a, he's a, a very special talent, I think. Um, I'm not talking, you know, girly level special, but he's definitely he's definitely going to be out there, especially in PPR formats. He he caught 87 percent of his targets last year, he, seven, I mean, 70 targets and 60 catches. Um, PPR formats, even if just half point PPR format, that's an extra 30 points right there. So I, there's just the pass catching ability. Uh, there's a little bit of concern I have with Hugh Jackson kind of doing what he did with uh, Jeremy Hill and, and Giovanni Bernard yep. and having yeah. a, kind of a split backfield. But I I just think that Duke Johnson is so much more talented than Isaiah Grill, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, I, I, obviously he's he's younger um, than some of the guys that we've mentioned. But like, like you said, um, I mean, I had him in one of my leagues last year, and I actually traded him. I forget in a, in a package with for other for one player. I forget who I packaged, but um, when when I traded mm-hmm. him, I wholeheartedly expected to like be mad about it like after the fact like i right. thought i thought i was gonna right. get paid back for that you know in some bad karma kind of way right. um but he never you know tipped it all the way over to the other end he kind of just um you know especially in ppr he was just kind of you know getting by on some catches and stuff but he never became anything more like, or like what i expected you know so again me right. and you agree on that that you know the, the the ceiling is super high obviously for the guy right and i i I can't remember where I heard it, but I someone had, I think it might have been actually uh, Matthew Barry said something to the effect of that the Browns really believe that he's a, a back of, that's kind of in the the Le'Veon Bell mold and they want to wow. use him in that manner. Now, obviously, that was in the middle of the season. I think when that when that was said, so uh, different coaching staff. We'll see if that that really is how the Browns overall feel about it. Um, the Browns have, are kind of interesting. This is kind of off topic, I guess, but Browns are an interesting uh, franchise to watch for me this this season. I mean, normally, you know, the Browns draft a quarterback high and then they wind up busting out. Well, I'm not sure Sashi Brown's going to go that route. He's kind of playing the money ball, uh, you know, using the numbers and stuff like that. Uh, what do you think of, I guess, this statement? Do you think that the Browns – possibly don't draft a quarterback with the number two overall pick. Okay. That's, that's a tough one. Um, I, I, I can see it. I can see them not drafting a quarterback for one reason. And it's Hugh Jackson. Um, because even when Hugh Jackson, I don't know if you remember, he became the head coach of the Raiders for a short while there. Um, you know, right. he instantly went and traded for Carson Palmer. You know, he traded like first round draft picks and all this kind of stuff. So right. I, I, I can see him. He, he's a, he's a confident guy, you know, so I can see him, um, yeah. either trying to, you know, take a, a guy who maybe people have given up hope in or, um, you know, kind of right. trade for a guy. I don't think he's, gonna, I don't think they're going to allow him to trade all those picks like the Raiders did obviously, cause no one does stuff like that, but the right. Raiders, but, um, 
<laughs> I, 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 I can see him, you know, not not wanting to kind of rebuild, especially because coaches right now seem to have such a short window, you know, in the league. And oh, and, and, and no one better than Hugh Jackson to understand that, obviously, because the Raiders kind of did him dirty yeah. when they let him go in the first place. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I can see him saying, was, screw the whole, you know, rookie thing. I want a, a vet quarterback. Right. Right. I mean, it might even be, you know, that for me, if I were a GM, I wouldn't necessarily – I don't have – I haven't, you know, done a lot of research on any of these prospects, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that there's a quarterback that's worth a number two pick, and I would rather just grab somebody I know I can use for the next ten years, or if somebody's willing to trade you a bunch of picks, then, you know, by all means, go for it. But, um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I agree. I don't think that they're going to go quarterback there. Yeah. Partially because of Hugh Jackson, and he, you're right about the Raiders doing him dirty. He he had a pretty good year. Yeah, he turned and, them around, man. He 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 was doing good things yeah. for that offense, and and then once they let him go, the offense went back in the tank, man. He's he's good at what he does. Yep. There's no question in it. You know what I mean? So absolutely, I don't see any way he doesn't turn the the Browns around. In, you know, has moderate success at least to start, um, right? Because he, there's definitely right. talent there for him to work with, and and he knows what he's doing. Oh yeah. Um. And, and, yeah. And, and speaking of um trades. Um, one thing that really annoys me going back to fantasy football is, is veto in a trade. Right. And, um, I forget where I seen it recently. Somebody was discussing a trade that got vetoed or something in a fantasy league. And it happened a couple of times in the league. I was actually in last year, um, where, uh, trades had to be vetoed. There was a a weird trade at the end of the season where, um, you know, you know, when Le'Veon Bell got hurt and D'Angelo Williams was going to be the man, um, it was late, late in the season, the second time around. And uh, right. someone, one of the guys in our league had like a bunch of wide receivers. He had like Hopkins, Fitzgerald, um, AJ Green. He had like a whole bunch of wide receivers. So like Fitzgerald was like his his like fourth wide receiver basically. That's how his season was playing out. And he had no running backs at all, literally none. Like Marshawn Lynch was his top guy. He got hurt, so he, he literally had no running oh, backs. And God. like he traded his fourth wide receiver, which in this situation was Larry Fitzgerald, basically who wasn't a scrub obviously at the moment, but he traded him for D'Angelo Williams. So to, and, and, and the issue that arose was the guy who made the trade was like, uh, two wins and like 10 losses. So there was no chance at all of him making the playoffs. It's not a dynasty keeper league, nothing. So a lot of people had issue with that. Um, and thought, you know, this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Why would this guy make this trade? Right. There's absolutely zero point in doing this. You know what I mean? Like, so Right. They, that that trade was vetoed, and and I, and I think that's fair because there there was no point in the trade. It didn't make sense, and 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 at any point at all. You know, I can see if it's a dynasty league right. or something, and you're keeping somebody, or you know, for next year you're kind yeah. of playing, you know, playing for next year kind of thing. But in that situation, it made no sense, and I'm okay with that. But when guys right. make trades mid season, both guys are still competitive in the season. Um, you know, I'm not. I, I get annoyed with the whole veto and trade thing. I mean, I don't. I don't care if. I like your trade. You know what I mean? If you really like, say you really like um, Gronk or somebody and you trade like a, a shitload for the guy, like I'm, I'm okay with right. that. Like that's your choice. You know what I mean? You really want Gronk and that dude's going to, if he can fleece you, he's going to fleece you. You know what I mean? I, I can't get mad at either of you, yep. but some guys are just yeah, sitting there no. waiting to veto those kind of things. And I don't know if it's hater, hater in you, you know what I mean? Jealousy, but it's like, come on, man. Yeah, I think unless you can really prove beyond shadow of doubt that there is some form of collusion, or it's like kind of like the trade you described, where it's like, well, that's that's kind of weird. Uh, there should be no reason to veto a trade, especially. I mean, maybe someone has some 
behind the scenes intel somehow that they got. You never really know. I mean, I doubt it for for most of us anyway. But, <laughs> right. Uh, that maybe they just really like the color of the player they're wanting's jersey. I mean, I don't know if, that, <laughs> if that's if that's the what you wanted you to use to to run your team, then by all means go for it. Uh, and if I get a good player out of the deal, I'm all for that too. You know. Yeah, and shame but, on yeah. you for trying to stop me, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's an interesting situation, and, and, and that trade I'm talking about, like, man, it was crazy. Like the guys were brothers. Um, you know, he's trading oh. D'Angelo. He's trading D'Angelo Williams, and he had no other running backs. It wasn't like, oh, this is just some guy I have on my bench type of thing. So it was crazy, but it got ugly, man. It got people get really testy about the whole, you know, um, you know, veto in a trade thing and stuff. People get really upset about the whole, you know, the whole idea of doing that to somebody. But like, like you said, unless you know, there's no way to prove otherwise. You know what I mean? It's just kind of something that it's right. kind of got that gray area where um, it just annoys. It annoys me, man. Like, and, and some people don't care, man. They're like, if it if it helps them, they want to veto it. They can care less about what's right or wrong. F- fantasy football, right. you know, brings out the good in people, but it could also bring out the ugly. And you see a lot of uh, <laughs> you see a lot of ugly uh, sides of people, you know, because of it sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Well, and you know, the. It's just like, uh, I don't know if you ever had a cousin or something like that you play video games with and you'd be kicking their ass and then all of a sudden they just throw the controller down and just turn the game off or something oh, like that. Oh, God. That's, I hated that. That kind of reaction to me. And it was just like, come on, man. I don't care if you're getting your ass kicked or not or whatever the circumstances are. You, you, no reason to throw a tantrum like that, you know? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, would, they would kick the, the game over or something and shut the thing off, man. Right. Oh, man, that would be so annoying. Yeah, that's 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 the reaction I like in uh, vetoing a trade, too, especially if you're getting worked <laughs> up about it. <laughs> oh, man. Now, every time someone tries to veto a trade, I'm going to picture them, like, kicking an old Nintendo over or something. Like, I'm done. <laughs> Throwing the control down, you know, just playing Street Fighter or something. They're like, screw this, man. Uh, I, I, I remember when you would play the games and then you'd have the, the person who just, like, hits every button, but they beat you. They're just, like, randomly hitting all the buttons. And you're like, yo, come uh, on, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. They would get so annoyed about, about that. some dumb luck? Uh, yeah, that's so, yeah, so, so part of the reason why I stopped playing like Street Fighter and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, which I seen there's a new one coming out soon. So I'm like, oh, guys, I'll start a whole new generation of uh, random button tappers. Oh, but um, oh yeah. <laughs> so um, now there's more buttons to smash too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of games, I want to play a a good old fashioned round of foul or no foul with you. Are you up for that? I'm up for that. Sounds like fun. Awesome. Our listeners love it. So let's go for it. All right. So for those who don't know, for those who are new, I basically make a statement and I will chime in as well, but I want my, my guests on the show to, to chime in and say basically foul if they don't agree with the statement and no foul if they do. Um, so uh, for those who are listening, this is fun, you know, to play while we're going along here. And of course, you know, feel free to tweet at us or anything if you know you have a strong opinion on any of these. Um, so the the first statement I'm going to make here is Andrew Luck will be a top five quarterback next season in fantasy football. Foul or no foul? No foul. I think that Andrew Luck is going to have a huge season. Uh, he There's no way, unless Ryan Grigson really is the dumbest GM in the world, that they don't address their offensive line this, this offseason. Uh, either way, Andrew Luck is – He's a very talented quarterback. Obviously, there's a reason he's the number one overall pick, uh, a consensus number one overall pick. Basically, um, I think that he's gonna he's gonna have a huge bounce back here. 
I agree with you. I say no foul as well. Um, I expect a bounce back season as well. Um, again, like you said, it's, you know, it's hard to hold this guy back. He had a lot of injuries and things like that last year, a lot of, you know, things going on. Um, I, I fully expect him to, you know, to rebound. Um, I assume he'll have doubters though. You know, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where, we, where I would draft him though. Again, I'm not a guy who drafts quarterbacks high to start, you know, typically. Um, so I, I, yeah. I, I won't be that guy reaching for him again either way, but, um, by yeah. all means, if the rest of my guys in my league don't believe in him and he falls, I have no problem taking Andrew Luck this year. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I would take him, I guess, probably fifth or sixth round if yeah. he fell that far. Yeah. I think that's, that's great value for a player like that. Yeah. Especially, you know, being that people drafted him last year, first round, literally. So, you know. Um, oh, yeah, so that was that. That was uh, I, I, I can see why those people will not draft him again. <laughs> right. Um, right. All right. Next statement. Um, Langford, the running back for the Brown, uh, the excuse me, the Bears, and Rawls for the Seahawks will be both top twelve running backs next season. I'm going to go no foul on this one as well. Okay. I can definitely see. Uh, I could definitely see both of them being top twelve backs. I'm I'm kind of curious to see if if Rawls comes back. He, he had a remarkable stretch before having the ankle injury, um, so I, I'm interested to see if, if he comes back. And Russell Wilson, man, did he have a second half of the season? So if he comes back, uh, well, if, if if Rawls comes back and Russell Wilson isn't playing out of his mind throwing it all over the the field, then I could see him having a huge season. Uh, especially given what what Marshawn Lynch has done there, and then Langford it looks looks every bit the part of a, a true three down back. And uh, I think it was when they were playing the Rams, where he caught a little screen pass and took it was like eighty yards to the house. I mean, yeah. that was just he really showed something there. And I I think given the full workload, he'll be he'll be top ten even I, for me. Okay, all right, Adam, I, I hear you on that. I'm however gonna say. Foul, and the reason for that is um, I, I see the opportunity for both of them to ball out, you know, and make that top twelve. Um, so that that I, I understand why you say no foul for sure, without a doubt. And I I believe even one of them may or both. I mean, it's possible. But I'm just in, in, right. in an odd situation. Um, you know, there's always these guys. Well, first of all, I think they're going to be drafted too high. That's number one. I, I don't think I'll, I'll end up with either one of these guys right. just because they're okay. kind of like the flavors of the week. Um, but yeah. I, I I feel like one of them, one way or the other, for whatever reason, whether it's injuries, whether it's um, another guy, you know, ends up um, taking his job or splitting carries more than they expected. Um, for some reason, I don't know if it, I, for some reason I'm not crazy about Langford. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Um, I think Rawls will be given all the opportunity, but for some reason, I feel like Langford is going to have a, um, more of an issue, um, getting that job outright. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see them handing him the right. job, you know, and just making it a all Langford all day type of thing. Um, but that's, right. but that's fine. We, you know, I, I think I can see it going either way, but I'm going to go foul on this one. All right. Um, right. now <laughs> the next, the next one here, um, sticking with running back, uh, David Johnson, uh, running back for the Cardinals, obviously. Uh, will go back to a heavy dose of running back by committee next season and hurt fantasy football players across the world who drafted him too early. Definitely no foul on that one. No I, foul? I, I think that, uh, well, there's a reason that they didn't just roll with David Johnson at the beginning of this last season. 
And it sounds like the Cardinals are interested in keeping Chris Johnson. So they can say that he can, they think he'll be one of the best running backs all they want to. But until I see for, for a fact that they're going to just give him the ball, you know, 15, 15 to 20 times a game at least, um, I, I, I think they've got a lot of talent in that backfield, uh, especially for catching passes. I mean, Ellington's really good in that regard, but he's not, he can't really carry the workload on his own, I don't think. Yeah, he's um, not the perfect image of health on the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they're, they, like I said, they sounds like they're trying to bring back Chris Johnson. So uh, I, I see no reason why it doesn't become a running back by committee. I agree with you, man. I, I am no foul on this as well. Um, so we're, we're two for three here uh, on agreeing on these. Uh, um, so, you know, great minds think alike here in fantasy football. But um, I, I agree with you. I, I think it will be a split carry type of role again. Um, you know, they wouldn't be so interested in bringing guys back like Chris Johnson if, you know, they had that much faith in David Johnson. And what maybe it's a, you know, they, they, they see their other running backs got injured. So maybe they just say, you know, even just for um, preserving David Johnson for the playoffs, whatever it may be, um, I don't think he'll see – um, the full workloads every week, like we, you know, got used to expect in there towards the end of the season. Um, right. h- however, though, I, I do think he's worthy of being drafted and, and fairly high um, because I, I do right. see him being super, you know, talented. E- e- even when he wasn't even get getting split carries in the offense early on, we've seen him have tons of explosive plays, you know what I mean, where – um, we've seen a, a part of his ability flash at times. So e- even in a oh, yeah. even in a split role, I think he's super effective. Um, but I just feel like so many people are going to draft this guy early, like first round type of thing. And I think a lot of yeah. people will suffer for that later. Yeah, I don't think he's going to return first round value. I agree with you on that. Yeah. So okay. So we so we agree on, on most of that. Um, so I mean, th- this is pretty much covering all the fantasy stuff that I wanted to cover with you today. Um, it's been a great talk obviously we got a lot of fancy football the way i haven't talked fancy football on the podcast this much since it started so um it's fun to kind of get our feet wet back with this again um obviously um obviously everyone listening you know will continue to see more from adam or again at ad 87 on the fancy life app as far as on the hopefully you come on the podcast again and um also you know, write in for the site as well. You'll see more stuff from him. So don't forget to check out his article that will be up um, later today. If you're hearing this pretty much right after it comes out, or it may be already live on the site by the time you listen, um, you know, it's been a great talk with you. Now, did you have anything that you wanted to get out before we get off here? Any kind of announcements or anything you want to say? Yeah. So nothing but nonsense, Uh, a little over a month old. um, And, there's a lot of a lot of good guys in there, and there's been some interesting hey, nothing but nothing nonsense fantasy football league. And I wanted to talk a little bit about what we had planned for that. Um, we are thinking of well, there's lots of options you can do when you setting up a fantasy football league. Um, one of the big things I think for us really just kind of covering some of the basic criteria. We're looking for members that are active and nothing but nonsense. Um, I also like guys who go out on the main page and kind of try and post football questions and, and interact with people who are in, in the chats as well. Um, but most importantly, we want you to be an active, nothing but nonsense member. Um, 
not to interrupt really quick just again just a reminder to anybody who's listening um we're, we're talking about the fancy life app which is a a, a great amazing right. app with a, a bunch of amazing people on it and um a, a bunch of amazing people who created it um and so that that's what we're talking about when we say nothing but nonsense chat um again just right. as i said right. earlier adam is the originator of that chat within the, the app and again it's a bunch of you know tremendous people in there sorry to interrupt i just wanted to get that out there Oh, yeah, no, that's right. That's probably a good thing to, to clarify <laughs> for everybody. Uh, it's not just Fantasy Life users that will be listening to this. So. Right. Um, but as far as the, the league setup, um, we're actually, right now, we're thinking, um, and some, some of this stuff is fluid, so nothing is finalized 100% locked officially yet. But what we've got right now, we're going to do two leagues with 12, 12 teams each. Um they will be three IDPs, three keepers. We're going to do half-point PPR, and it'll be a $20 buy-in. Okay. So the the way that it's going to work for playoffs, top six seeds are going to get in from each league. Round one will be week 14. It'll be the four seed and the five seed, and the three seed and the six seed. Round two is going to be uh, week 15. One's going to, the one seed's going to play the lowest remaining seed. Basically, just like the NFL playoffs, and then two's going to be playing the, the highest remaining seed. Right. Week 16 will be the two separate leagues uh, conference finals, I guess we'll call them that for now. Um, the two winners, obviously, from week 15 will play each other, and the winner of each, each separate league will be crowned at that point. And then week 16 score will be added to week 17 score, and the ultimate champion of the uh, nothing but nonsense league will actually uh, take home the that that prize and the the two champions will will play in it and like I said that's week sixteen and seventeen will be added together for the scores on that. Wow. Um, so that's interesting. And, far and, 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 and and guys, now this is um again download the app to get in here. You got to get into the uh, nothing but nonsense chat. And and like Adam right. said, you, he wants you to be super active. You know, contribute to the app itself, not just the chat. Um, and these these are right. not some little uh you know uh, your your family leagues or some little work league that you're playing for fun. You know, right. these guys are in there to bring it. Right, right. And right now we have uh, 14 of the 24 spots are filled. Um, it's been slowly being filled as people join the chat. And, um, so there's certainly a little bit of, you know, length of time you've been in the chat is involved in it there. Um, but yeah, we really like people who are really active both in the chat and, and on the, I mean, there's nothing but nonsense that isn't the only chat that's worth, uh, checking out. Um, I'm sure a lot of people on the app are already were flawful, but, uh, there's, some other ones coming out now. Yeah, there's uh, uh, there's falafel. There's the uh, uh, fancy life. Um, the addicts. Um, there's uh, southern um, hospitality. So there's there there's you know tons yep. tons of great chats. And I, and I and I mean this. There's tons of great people. Um, for anyone who plays fantasy football or even even some of the other fantasy sports, there's zero reason for you not to have this app. You know, and be a part of this community that's growing. Because um, you know, yeah. I, I just speaking for Clock Dodgers in itself. Like there's been. Um, outpouring of support from that community so um tons of amazing guys tons of you know knowledgeable guys and of course adam being one of them and that's why he's here on the podcast absolutely yeah and i I appreciate you letting me uh come on this podcast it's been a lot of fun and 
uh, hopefully we'll be doing it again. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely will do this again. Um, so there you have it, guys. That's an hour jam-packed of fantasy advice and uh, fantasy discussion. So, of course, um, like I always tell you guys, um, clockdodgers.com. Hit us up on the website. Um, the Twitter is at clockdodgers. Um, and, of course, we're on iTunes. If you have Android, um, you can look listen to it through the site or on Stitcher or SoundCloud. Um, so there's all different ways to listen. But, guys, just continue to interact with us. Continue to hit us up. Uh, there's going to be tons of great new articles on the site again adam is going to be a contributor um and there's gonna be contests and things coming down the you know the pipeline I have a lot of exciting stuff uh planned for clock dodger so you know just continue to listen continue to support um subscribe download all that great stuff and um again it was it was great talking to you adam and i look forward to uh, another great talk with you soon all right sounds great thanks neil all right talk to you later adam Bye.